Welcome back to another episode of the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Strength and Speed owner and Mudgear Hannibal Race Pro, Evan Preparis. I have a guest with me joining me on the line, another one of my teammates, Amy Pagic. Say hi. Hello, everybody. We're going to jump right into today's episode. So one, we're going to be catching up with Amy Magic Pagic, and we're also going to be talking about The Sponsored Athlete, my new book that Amy wrote the forward to. So let's start off with, with you, Amy. What have you been up to the last year? I haven't seen you around that much on the OCR circuit. Yeah, I did um, just a local race. Um, there are a few others I was planning on, um, but they didn't pan out. Um, but I've really gotten into rock climbing a lot more. Um, I kind of, I feel like I got a little, I don't want to say discouraged, but a lot of the race companies that I've really enjoyed, um, either downsized or um, closed, and yeah. a lot of the the big series races, I'm not as excited about. Um, so then, I guess rock climbing's kind of been my my new thing. I'm not really new, but instead of my time racing, I've been doing a lot of rock climbing. Yeah, you ratchet it up. I mean, you've been involved in the sport since. I mean, when was your first year? 2013? I think it was 2012. Yeah, I did my first one in 2012, and then 2013 I did World's Toughest, and then 2014 was the first OCR Worlds. Yeah, it's been side note. Side note: I'm going to brag for you for a second. You were on the podium <laughs> of World's Toughest in 2013, and then the podium of OCRWC in 2014, and you were the only woman to do that up until Chris Roglowski. So you held that you held that title, I believe, by yourself for a very long time. Um, I guess I guess Lindsay Webster did it, but she was on the team podium for World Stuffest. Um, I think that's. It did make me feel pretty cool. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's pretty, the two like biggest races in my opinion. Uh, I know Spartan race, but I, I people who are Spartans would also argue that's probably uh, one of the biggest as well. But I know, I know, we we run in circles that care more about World Stuffest and OCRWC. Than yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, took a little bit of a step back and, you know, you you have been around for a while, so things change. So, yeah, sometimes the brands you love leave and then, you, you, know, you know, sometimes it's not not super interested in finding a new one, even though there are some new ones out there that are doing pretty good, um, like Mythic Race and Hazelwood. What do you got planned for 2024? Is this is this the end of OCR Magic Magic or are we going to still get... <laughs> I'm sure I'll still do some local races at least, but um, I don't know that I'll travel too much for them. Um, but I'll definitely keep keep up with the local ones. Yeah. Okay. Any plans for Ninja Warrior? You did six seasons. Um, did. Made it to the finals once, I believe. Which is pretty um, yeah, just uh, the ones that made it to the finals. But um, no, I don't think I'm going to be doing that anymore either. Okay. I feel lame and old saying that, but no. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anyone who's not tracking, they filmed season fifteen and sixteen back to back, so I don't even think there's an application period coming up for twenty twenty four. So I haven't even heard that. I knew they filmed the two back to back, but um, I guess you're right. I haven't heard any talk about it recently. Yeah, they haven't they haven't released season sixteen yet, which has uh you know Calvin Tran trains at Modus Ninjas, one of our mm -hmm. friends, and then uh, Jay Flores, our former teammate, yeah. or current teammate i should say um yeah he, he, his episode hasn't aired yet too either so like i have no idea how either one of them did <laughs> so. all right let's talk a little bit about the sponsored athlete 
So I sent you. So for those of you who don't know, Amy has proofread a lot of my books um, for out of her own kindness. So I really do appreciate that and, and made some good corrections there. I sent you a, or an advanced copy of The Sponsored Athlete. It's about 90 pages. Uh, you read through it. Give me some of your initial thoughts and share it with the audience here. I like it was very insightful. And I guess this side of having worked with you for so long, like now, of course, like it makes sense. But like before I um, really like met you and knew you and was part of the team, I like tried to reach out a few times myself, but I didn't really have that much success. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like I had actually done pretty well racing and I wasn't having success because I wasn't, I guess, going at it appropriately. Yeah. And having seen everything that you do and all the sponsors that you've gotten for the teams, um, like now it makes a lot of sense. But then seeing it spelled out in the book, like it's it's pretty concise for all the info that's in there. And yeah. I don't want to say it's like idiot proof, but it is like fairly idiot proof <laughs> to follow. Like, okay, anybody can do this. You just have to, you know, go through these steps and um, you know, anybody can do it. So it's it's very practicable and nothing like that exists yet. So yeah. So when I did an initial Google search for and like an Amazon search for like book on becoming a sponsored athlete, I couldn't find anything. Um, I searched around nothing and I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll write the book. And uh, <laughs> I think since then, there's been like one or two that are now now pop up on my search, um, but I have not read them. I have not looked into them. I don't know what they say. I don't know if they give similar advice. I don't know if they give different advice. Um, I, the The one thing I really wanted to get across in the book is... You know, I think there's the current model for success, I feel like, for most people is they look at Instagram or TikTok or YouTube and they're like, all right, well, I get a million followers and then YouTube or whoever, whatever company just pays me money to exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's just not very easy. And it requires yeah. a ton of work. Um, mm-hmm. I did actually put some tips in there for like gaining followers uh, towards the end of the book, which was a fairly late edition. Because uh, one of my friends that I had met through Tiga Tactics, that martial arts company that I helped write for and um, an instructor for, he had grown his, uh, I think, TikTok following and his Instagram following to like thousands of people, like tens, I think like over ten, you know, tens of thousands of people in like a couple of weeks uh, using okay. the tips in the back of the book. Um, it does require effort and that requires a lot of time uh, and stuff I was not interested in doing. So I have not actually tried any of that, but. I mean, he showed me his followers and I was like, oh, and uh, it, it made sense. It all has to do with like getting people to rewatch your video a whole bunch of times. And one mm-hmm. of the ways he does that is like he packs a ton of information into like a <laughs> 10 or 15 second video. So you have uh-huh. no choice but to rewatch it like four or five times if you want the information. You're like, ah, oh, that's so clever. It so totally the, makes sense the number of times that I've had to do that for things I've been looking for. It's like, wow, that's genius. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, once you once someone says it, you're like, oh, I've fallen for that yep. repeatedly, you know? <laughs> so I think it works really well with like, I, so I watch a lot of jujitsu stuff and I do that, I'll save stuff because they'll show a move once and they'll show it really fast. And you're like, oh, well, mm-hmm. I gotta save that now because I gotta rewatch it. Um, so I think we can do it with OCR too, but I just haven't gone through the effort of like, you know, um, we tried to do for our uh, for our team page. We tried to do more long form content, which is 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 available on YouTube and is available on our Facebook page still. Where it's like, here's a three minute video explaining how to do this obstacle. And I guess I'm old because I like the longer videos. Yeah, I think that, I think newer generation wants that. You, you have my attention for you know ten to thirty seconds at most, but uh-huh. I don't know. So. 
Um, anything that kind of jumped out at you or surprised you? I know you kind of touched on it a little bit already, but in the book. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of the, I was not surprised, but um, I guess reemphasizing the fact that, um, you know, it's like reach out to a couple of companies, like the ones that where you said you tried like so many and um, you got shut down or got no answers from so many, but then the fact that you just kept going at it and then had so much success with it for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. So I, at the end of the day, honestly, it's like a numbers game. Um, and I just, I've tried, I've been shot down by companies so many times. It's, I, I literally can't count, you know, <laughs> every year I, I, I spend basically between December and January, uh, which is why I released the book now, because now is the time to start reaching out to companies because they're going to be, you know, looking for their plan for 2024. Um, that's kind of why I released it now. And I just start, I'd be like, all right, here's a topic. Here's something we're interested in as a team. Let me find companies that support that. Let me start reaching out to them. And uh, the, the my my biggest, my favorite success story actually is Hylite because mm-hmm. I reached out to them, I think three or four years in a, lo- in a row and they kept telling me no. <laughs> then after like the fourth year, I was like, hey, it's me again. I'm still, <laughs> I still want you to sponsor the team. And they finally broke. And I was like, oh my goodness, it worked. That's awesome. I didn't so, realize that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and and then they supported us for like three or four. I think it was like three or four years. They were like one of our. They were one of my favorite sponsors for the team. Yeah, I think they were with the team until I think wasn't it until they kind of revamped and it looked like they were closing for a while, but it sounds like they're open again. So yeah, so they they shut down completely for I don't know. It was about a year, I think. And then uh, it was a Jay Flores messaged our little team chat the other day and was like, uh, I guess I leads back. So yeah, yeah they. They just popped up again with, uh, again, I don't know the backstory. Maybe someone came in and bought the, you know, the followers, the brand, the the excess stock Mm -hmm. or whatever, but it it does look like they are back. So they will be hearing from me for a (laughs) ninth time or something. (laughs) And a lot of the stuff I learned through trial and error, you know, I was, I, I used stuff I, I knew about um, talking to people in the military and I just started, well, let me try this. Let me try this. And that's honestly what a lot of it was. So like, again, there's a saying in, in martial arts, right? The master has failed more times than the beginner has even tried. And uh-huh. I, th- I think that applies to, <laughs> I think that applies to almost everything in life, right? I think that applies to yeah. obstacle course racing, ninja, right? I mean, mm-hmm. how many times have you got an obstacle that you just couldn't get through? Oh my gosh, so many times. Right. I mean, rock climbing. Right. And you just. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're not feeling you're not trying hard enough. Right. 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 Um, You just kind of like continue to try until eventually it works, you know, and I think I think everyone kind of knows that on some level. Yeah. But they don't really like you. You got to go through it a couple of times to really understand what that means. Right. Like your your the level of dedication has to be so deep and so long that people around you are like, you're not getting anywhere. Like, I think it's time yeah. to, I think it's time to switch to something else. And you're like, no. <laughs> and then that's when you break through, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Before, um, when I was trying to get sponsors on my own, I like emailed a few of them and like had like a couple, like, Oh, you know, give me something like small. But then, um, I kept getting shut down. I was like, Oh, I guess I can't get this. I'm just, you yeah. know, I'm not with you. But then here you are. Just, I just didn't try enough. And, I guess I, I don't apply, I didn't apply that same concept 
to other areas of my life, like we're you know outside of athletics. But yeah, and I actually I do touch on that in the back the back of the book. Uh, common traits of athletes that are surprising. I say I, I can't remember the exact title I use, but um, one of them has to do with you know people being really good at fitness and then being like, well, if it doesn't have anything to do with fitness, I'm not really interested in trying. Yeah. So, um, like we're like the laziest active people around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, like we were talking about, you're, you're someone with, um, with a resume that's insanely deep, right? Like a ton of podiums, almost every race you show up to, I feel like you're on the podium, uh, you yeah. know, the OCR world championship podium, the world's toughest podium, right? So like you had the resume going in, mm-hmm. Um, and we're still having a little bit of trouble, uh, but I just didn't have the know-how. Yeah. So, yeah, and that this the 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 things in the book are all the stuff I use to get team sponsors, and all the stuff I've used to get um, personal sponsors. I I tend to focus more on the team sponsors than my personal ones, just because I feel like for me personally, there's like I, there's a couple of brands I can support as an individual, but I feel like as a team, you know, we can we can pick up each other's slack when we're one of us is racing and one of us is not. And uh, as mm-hmm. a team, I feel like we can promote more brands than like just me by myself. So, yeah. And then even the, the way you talk in the book about um, the different updates you give and how you basically um, put a lot of info out there that supports the sponsors. So they keep, it's like a no brainer for them to keep sponsoring us because yeah, we provide or you provide the info for them and, um, and all the uh, social media, the um, the advertisement, basically for them. Right, right. Yeah, I I list it as fire and forget. Right. So the the idea is, I want to yep. when a sponsor brings the team on or myself on, I want them to never have to do anything again besides like occasionally send me product or send me whatever the deal was, money, etc. Um, which side note, getting product is tends to be a lot easier than getting money because it's mm-hmm. it doesn't cost the brand as much to give the product it costs them it's a direct negative balance right when you, they give you money yeah. um doesn't mean i haven't we haven't gotten both uh in the mm-hmm. past but uh, su- sustainable sponsorships tend to be more product focused than monetary focused and yeah like you said i, I basically send out updates every quarter and uh, so they can they can just check their email once a quarter from me and they're like oh oh yeah the the stuff we sent this guy back in january he's still doing stuff and let them know what the team is doing um obviously the logo goes on our website goes on our jerseys and stuff stuff like that so um i try to make it as easy as possible and then like you said at the end of the year when it's time to renew it's like well you know this i know this guy delivers i know his team delivers let's keep them on for another year and see where it goes so yeah it's good uh it was a good project uh Probably my last book I'm going to write on obstacle course racing or really that like touches on the obstacle course racing wor- uh, world. I've got some other uh, self-defense-ish martial arts stuff focused books coming a little bit later. So one of them is actually written already. And then two of them I have ideas for that I haven't actually sat down and started typing. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And um, I'm hoping to kind of bridge some of the my next book hopefully will bridge those two worlds a little bit. So it's kind of like a self-defense guide for essentially runners is what it is. Yeah. So, you have my interest. Yeah. So yeah, keep, keep an eye out for that. Keep an eye out on Tiga tactics uh, that again, that brand I'm, I've been being a coach for and an instructor for, and I've got a whole bunch of articles coming out for them in 2024. So you're going to want to check out Tiga tactics.com. And I, obviously I'll be sharing those to my, 
social media pages and sharing those around. Uh, but I really liked their their logical mindset for self-defense, right? I think uh, when you start diving into the martial arts world, sometimes it gets really, um, I don't know what the word, it, the, the advice is sometimes the advice is not good, right? They're like, <laughs> it's just not, it's just not good advice. It's like, oh, well, you gotta, you know, you, if someone's starting something, you gotta hit them first. And you're like, well, <laughs> I mean, there, there, there may be a time for that, but there's all like majority of times you deescalate, you move out of the area and, you know, you you let your ego take a hit especially as a male right um <laughs> as a female it changes a little bit right because typically the person is will be larger uh, and stronger yeah. but but not always not always it, i guess maybe be interested in that book i always yeah. just hope that i can run faster or climb further than they can or yeah they're just catching it I, or trying to get a girl because they don't think they can fight back but yeah I which, would is, <laughs> which, which is why I do think obstacle course racing is the ultimate um, self-defense uh, sport <laughs> besides uh-huh. like besides like learning some like basic striking and a couple of grappling things to me, obstacle mm-hmm. course racing is the best, right? Cause you have endurance um, mm-hmm. because most OCRs are 5k ish or, or longer, Yeah, um, but they also have some short stuff. So you're used to doing like quick bursts of energy back to sustained running. Right. So mm-hmm. it's good for getting out of the area. You're used to climbing over things like fences and walls and um, jumping over cars. Right. I mean, City Challenge has <laughs> yeah. cars in the in the <laughs> OCRWC had cars in the race. Right. Uh-huh. So I, I'm a big advocate of OCR for uh, as a self-defense related sport. We've been training for real life. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I stand. I stand by OCR is the true functional fitness. I know like. High Rocks uh, uses that term, and CrossFit uses that term, and DecaFit uses that term. But I, I, I think OCR is the true functional fitness to me. I agree. That's, I think that's why I stuck with it so long, why I loved it so much. Yeah. And I really like the training variety, right? So you can train, you know, you have to train, obviously, some cardio, but then you can, you know, you can go heavy on the obstacles and you go or, and or heavy on the weight training. And then mm-hmm. uh, as long as you're mixing in a little bit of everything, it provides you like a really nice, well, well-rounded athlete. Yeah. I like the well-roundedness of it. And it's the, I feel like I get bored doing the same thing too much. So it mixes it up so much. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were, you made it, let's see, you d- you've done 12, 12, 13 years of it at this point. So that's, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good chunk. That's a pretty good chunk of like <laughs> your life as a human know, being. Like, even if you live to 80, right? Like that's still like a good, <laughs> yeah. that's still a good chunk of your life. So it's so crazy. Even before that, if you would have told me what I would be doing in the future, I'd be like, nah, there's no way. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> when I did my first World's Toughest, I remember, and it's this is in my biography, because I specifically remember it being on a downhill at Vegas and being like, man, I've been running <laughs> for four hours. I was like, this is terrible. Like, I'm going <laughs> to, you know what? It's a bucket list item. This is the only time I'll ever do World's Toughest. I just, <laughs> I'm just gonna suck it up and power through, and it'll be fine. And here we are, over a decade later. You know, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> once it's done, uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I think I am. I think I am. I'm probably gonna switch a team next year, though. So stay. I feel like World's Toughest has taken quite a toll at this point. But. Yeah, I can imagine doing it that. I've only done it. I still only done it a few times, but I don't know. It's definitely something special. 
Yeah, yeah. Highly recommend for those of you who I, I feel like that's if as an OCR person, I feel like that's got to be a bucket list race, right? Oh yeah, that yeah, OC, <laughs> OCRWC and World's Toughest are bucket list races, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, 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 I'm sure there are some people who would say Spartan World Championship as well, but I don't know. The allure hasn't pulled me in yet. Same, I haven't done one. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, I could I could be sold on the trifecta world championship because it's in Greece. I could be sold yeah, on that. Excuse to go to Greece. <laughs> yeah, but the the problem with trifecta world championships is always like the week before world's toughest, right? So I'd have to yeah, not okay. do world's toughest one year, mm-hmm. or do world's toughest and not really care much about my results. <laughs> back to back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Um 2024. Any any big rock climbing goals goals or anything? Do you have like let's let's dive a little bit deeper into your rock climbing, right? So do you you're you're doing primarily indoor, primarily outdoor, mix of both, using one um, to train for the other? Yes. So I do a lot of indoor mostly to train for outdoors. Um this past year I got my first 12D and then my first two 13 A's and then my first 13 B. Um, so I had a kind of a, a quick acceleration in my progress outdoors. That was pretty cool. Um, so I would definitely want to try some harder routes this coming year. I'm kind of, I haven't done much outdoor bouldering. Um, so I'm kind of getting intrigued to do some more of that. Um, let's see, we're mostly climbing in the red river gorge, but, um, we are going to Puerto Rico for a week and they do have rock climbing there. So of course we'll climb there um, <laughs> um, just for vacation, but it'll be fun. Um, Did you I'm pick probably... Puerto Rico because of the destination or because of the rock climbing? And then it's like also a good destination. Actually, it's because my um, partner's parents are going there. Um, so we're going to kind of join them for vacation and we're like, okay, oh, look, nice. it's also rock climbing. <laughs> but right. actually we were talking about going to Greece just to go rock climbing in Kalimnos. Um, or like Spain or something. So someday we'll do that. Nice, nice. But we've been doing a, a week at the Red River Gorge um, in the fall. So we'll probably do that again. And nice. I'm probably actually going to do rim to rim to rim of the Grand Canyon again next November. Um, I have another friend who wants to do it, so we'll probably do it with her. Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was the coolest experience. It, yeah, tell it people, was, for, first of all, tell people, I think, but, Tell people what it is first, and then uh, tell a little bit more about the actual experience. Okay, so there's um, the south rim of the Grand Canyon and the north rim. And it's roughly, depending on which route you take, like 22 to 24 miles one way across. Um, so a lot of people will like take a bus um, to the north rim and like hike one way, or they'll um, and, like, camp along the way or whatnot. Um, but some of the runners will go rim- from the south rim to the north rim and then back to the south rim in the same day. So that's kind of what we're talking about. Um, so I did it last December, actually almost exactly a year ago um, with my friend Liz. And we started at the south rim. Um, both our, our uh, partners went with us. So they were able to kind of drop us off at the South Clydad Trailhead, um, which is the shorter route down. It's I think two miles shorter. Um, but it's a lot steeper, so we definitely didn't want to come back up that way. Mm. Um, anyway, but um, we planned it, so we got halfway down at sunrise, and it was, like, the most stunning view experience ever. You're just, like, in the canyon, and the whole canyon is lighting up, and there's, like, 
so many different shades of like blues and purples and oranges and it was just absolutely beautiful um but then what's it um like at the what's it like at that we went we went there but I don't, I don't know how far down we went we probably i don't know we walked for like an hour and then we you know took it at whatever two hours come back up um what's it like at the bottom you know like because you you it when you i know when i was there it looks like it looks fake like your brain can't <laughs> comprehend how deep and how wide yeah. it is you're like am i looking at a green like what am i looking at so what yeah. how like when you're on the bottom does it i guess like how wide across is it at the bottom it um, is actually pretty wide um and there's almost like there's kind of a almost like two tiers like big tiers to it okay um see so the first chunk you're going down and then it kind of levels off for a little bit and then it drops off again even when you're at the bottom looking up you're just seeing like the the top of that um that bottom drop off so you're not really seeing the whole extent um so even for a lot of it i don't feel like you have really have a good grasp of how deep it is but i know the the south rim i think the south kaibab trail started at seven ish thousand feet elevation but it was also like 15 degrees when we started um but by the time you drop down um i think it was like three degrees fahrenheit for every thousand feet or something like that um Interesting. that it went up i did so much planning for this and i had it all written down it's not all fresh in my brain now but um but yeah so like by the time we got a mile in we're like shredding clothes like it was we got really warm really quick so in retrospect i think i would have been a little colder to start with to not have to carry as much clothing hmm. but it warmed up pretty quick um so yeah, by the time we were at the bottom um the sun had come up i think it was like 50s um so like the hottest it got was in the 50s all day which is actually perfect because once it gets above 55 or 60 is when all the rattlesnakes come out so we didn't have to worry about snakes that's so good, good. <laughs> oh but the the crows um were like super aggressive as far as trying to steal your food um so you go down and then um we met up with this um lady who was hiking and she hikes there several times so um i feel like she should know better by this point <laughs> but um she's like oh just i'm gonna go to the bathroom just watch my pack and she just walks away and like the minute she turns around a crow like swoops down and takes her like her bag of snacks out of her pack and flies oh. off <laughs> that was kind of amusing on our end <laughs> it sucks for her but no um it was really cool so and then, so, is it all oh, self-supported is there like i mean yeah, I'm, so I'm self-supported. um there are some water stops so um banner ranch has water year-round um and like so we have to go on the park website and see for what time of year you're going um what water stops are open oh on that note too i think it's beyond october um all the facilities at the north rim are closed um and then i think sometime in november the road to the north rim closed so at the point that we were doing it um you couldn't even drive to the north rim so once you go out there, you have to come back. There's no, there's no, I guess, plan B except for calling in an emergency helicopter. Mm. Um, actually, I think on the website they had it's like twenty thousand dollars or something like that for emergency helicopter helicopter ride out, and then like five thousand dollars for an emergency mule ride out. <laughs> That's like your only option. Jeez, <laughs> That's crazy. It, it was such a cool experience. Definitely trained for it. But I, I highly recommend doing it. And how how long? What was your total time 
I think it took us like 19 hours or something. So we were definitely not fast, but we took our time. We took pictures. We, you know, had like a picnic breakfast at um, Phantom Ranch. And then um, it definitely, by the end, it was definitely a supper fest. Mm. But um, so from, I keep like jumping around, sorry. But yes, we started 7,000 feet-ish at um, the South Pybev Trailhead. And then um, we got down to um, the bottom. We crossed the river um, over a bridge. Um, I think that one went over the Black Bridge. And then Phantom Ranch is right on the other side. And then the, um, Liz and I, our partners, went down to Phantom with us. And then they took um, the Bright Angel Trail back up, which is the way that we were going to go up um, on our way back. Um, so they at least took some of our clothes back. But otherwise, it was pretty well self-supported. We had to carry um, all of our food, all of our um, like electrolytes. So a lot of the um, water stops were closed that time of year also because of the weather. Mm-hmm. Um, they would freeze, the water lines would freeze higher up. So we had like water filters and water purifying tablets and whatnot. Um, we actually got pretty lucky as far as there was more open than was supposed to be open. So... Um, we really didn't run into water issues, but we specifically chose that time of year because it was cool enough at the bottom that we wouldn't get um, too hot or hopefully too dehydrated from the sun too. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then, yeah, so then you go across and it's, um, with, I think from the South Kaibab to the North Rim is like 22 miles. Um, and the North Rim is at 8,000 feet elevation. Um, it was really cool. That was super remote on the other side it's like on the um the south side there were quite a few hikers that we ran into um some people doing day hikes um some people overnighting at phantom ranch but on the north side it was so much more quiet and it was just us but it was so beautiful and you really got like some super steep orange rock on the the north rim and um i've got yeah, the south rim and north rim, um, there's definitely snow and ice at the top, so we needed, like, the, the micro spikes, but it wasn't too bad. We weren't in, like, feet of snow or anything. Nice. Cool. Then, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go, go. Sorry, I'm just rambling now. So, <laughs> um, on the descent, uh, we made it back, I think, like, um, a third of the way back before dark hit. And then once it got dark, it was kind of just with a, a headlamp trudging. And then we didn't really get to see the scenery um, going up Bright Angel, but our partners took pictures. We had a lot of, at least got to see it, but it was a lot of following switchbacks forever in the dark, watching our watch and be like, I don't know how accurate this is. We should have hit this checkpoint by now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I don't have that experience, but from doing land navigation at night for the military, there's, yeah, you start, you're like, oh, we must be there by now. And it's been like 30 seconds. That's right. right. <laughs> That's why when I when I used to do land navigation for the military, I would keep a stopwatch in addition to my pace count to kind of uh-huh. as a backup. Because sometimes I'd I'd lose my pace count, and then uh-huh. I'd, I'd look at my watch and be like, okay, well I know it takes me it take it takes about x many minutes to walk a, a kilometer. So if I'm not near that time, then in my pace, you know, you know, I, there's no way I magically move twice the speed. So I tend to <laughs> walk at a consistent pace. But yeah. I love, I mean. You know, I love creating your own adventures and doing crazy yep. long things. So I highly approve. And I can't remember if I ever told you this one. I did have a plan of one point of doing an ultra thing in Ohio. Yes. Um, did I? Yeah. So it was 
and I, I can't remember if I reached out and told you about it because I was going to, I was, I was like, I was going to drag you with me um, because you live in Ohio. And I was like, well, she, yeah. this, she's obviously well based out of like her place and her like her friends or whatever. I had a, so there was, a, I found something, I can't remember if it was a running magazine or something it, or where it was, but there, they, like, you know, Kentucky has like the bourbon trail. Yeah. Well, in Ohio, apparently there's a whole bunch of like local donut shops. <laughs> oh man. And no, you did not tell me about this. I did not tell you about this. So no. So there's a way you can run. It's something like 45 miles, um, and basically do all hit all the donut shops. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and, but it was so I actually went through the process of like actually planning it out, uh, fairly in depth because it becomes it becomes really hard because some of them are not open on Sundays. Oh. You have to like figure, and they're and then they're hours. It's not like a twenty four hour donut shop, right? So you got to like uh-huh. figure out when you hit certain ones, and some of them you <laughs> you essentially have to leave and start running before it opens, so you get there when uh-huh. it opens and uh, go from there. So I, I do not plan on doing the donut trail. Um, <laughs> if anyone wants the plan, I can probably find it on my hard drive someplace. <laughs> uh, but it, it it was I think it was something like fifty miles of running uh maybe a little bit more 60 miles over two days and uh the goal is well obviously would be to like eat a donut every one so you'd also probably feel <laughs> sick by the end but maybe go take the right donut <laughs> yeah maybe maybe go switch to munchkins or something or whatever but yeah it's all lo- local local donut places but yeah you were okay. you didn't know that but you were about to be drug with me i was about to be like well Amy's a good runner. She's coming <laughs> with me. <laughs> if they're going to twist my arm. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's start wrapping it up. Any uh, any other final shout outs you want to give? Uh, thoughts, etc. I say a big shout out to you for all the work you do for our team for getting us all the sponsors. Um, and I guess on that note too, I'll take yeah. this time to I guess say that I'm um, stepping down for my spot on the pro team. Um, it's been fantastic. It's been such a cool experience just traveling and racing and meeting so many cool people. But um, yeah, with time and everything, I'm not racing as much. So it doesn't make sense for me to stay on the pro team. Yeah. But I'm going to miss you guys. Yeah. you. Were, I don't know if you realize you, me and you were the last two original members. Oh, you're right. <laughs> yeah so it's a little a little sad you're the last original female member i'm the last original male member so was, um so we'll see i might at some point i might switch to like a more managerial role um we'll see we'll see how tw- tw- i'm still racing on the team for 2024 and then 2025 again we'll kind of reassess and um i might just help manage some of it and then uh step back myself so a lot, of, a lot of young, young new bloods coming in. They're fast and they're <laughs> yep. strong. Yeah. Uh, and uh, again, we're not, we're not that old, but the, uh, <laughs> but I, it, I, I will say, at Ninja Warrior, I feel, I do feel that old. Like mm-hmm. w- when we filmed the last couple of years, I was like, what is going? I mean, these like, these kids are still in high school, like they're, and they have to mm-hmm. go to school in between filming. <laughs> right. And then they're like, oh, cool. I'm just going to go over here and do one handle of chaise. You're like, what in the, are you doing that one-handed? I was like, that's like right. almost my Mac distance two-handed. So, right. it, and, and you can, you can see even the, the ones who've been on the show for a couple of years, they'll be like, 
man, these kids, I can't, yeah. <laughs> like they, they're starting to get, they still, some of them get discouraged too. Cause I talked to some of them who said they wonder, were, sorry, go for it. I talked to someone who said it was, it was their last year. <laughs> yeah, go. Sorry. Just like you wonder like if this would have been around earlier and we would have started younger, like how good would we have gotten? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, the young kids are built from the ground up for Ninja. And yeah. They, we were what? like already adults and we're like, hey, this looks fun. Right. Yeah. Let me try to force my, uh, you know, post pubescent body uh, who has built muscle for doing other things not related to ninja and try to force it to fly through the air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes a difference. Makes a difference. So. All right. Well, we'll miss you, obviously. Um, anytime, anytime you do some crazy stuff, if you decide to take on the donut trail, let me know. And, uh, I I will probably send you by yourself, but you can, (laughs) you can report back on how it was and, uh, we can catch up with you at a, at a later time. So I think that's about it again, pick up the sponsored athlete. The book is on Amazon and it is on my website. So the hard, you can buy hard copies off my website and or hard copies off Amazon. Although try to buy them off my website because that's I get a better cut of the the cost of there, of the profit rather. Uh, or if you prefer digital, yeah, you can do digital through Amazon, download it directly to your Kindle, start reading. And again, I highly recommend doing it sooner rather than later. Get that knowledge in your head. Start going through the step-by-step process I put in the book. Uh, I also use a similar step, step-by-step process for On Endurance, the book about maximizing endurance based off lessons from the Strength and Speed podcast. So now both of them are written in a very similar fashion, straight to the point. Less than 100 pages, step by step. Don't put a lot of fluff in there. It's basically like, here's the information. Here's what you need to do. Go execute and start start working hard. So It really is. It's really good info quickly without all the extra fluff. So it was a quick read, but very insightful. And I don't. did we say it? You wrote the forward. Did we say that yet? I can't remember oh, if we yeah. said it. I don't remember. <laughs> you wrote the forward to the book. So you get to read it. the first page. The first page you open will be Amy's words. Not mine. This is kind of cool. <laughs> and she's not in the cover, but she is. She was there when that picture was taken on the cover. Although you you are on the cover for On Endurance. You're on the cover yeah. with uh, me, you, and Tim running through the Maybe snow one. at Erios here. No. <laughs> so, all right. We're going to get going. Thanks again, Amy, for coming on. Of and course. Hopefully, we'll see you uh, make special appearances at a couple of OCRs still. I'll be around. All right. Good talking to you. See ya.